Welcome to the King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. I am uh, one of the retired pastors here at King of Glory, and several weeks ago, Pastor Harmon gave me a, uh, I guess he sent an email and asked me to fill in today because he is away with uh, the other staff directors. Uh, they knew that snow was going to happen in this region. <laughs> so they went to Phoenix. They, had, they went to Phoenix, and uh, actually it sounds like a, a very exciting conference that our, our uh, program leaders are attending. Whereby Maybe you've heard about this. It's called Best Practices. And as I understand it, the way the, the conference gets uh, planned is that if people who are interested in just going to learn the best, what works, wherever, uh, will send an email to the host congregation. And when there are 10 people or more who get signed on to a given area of interest, then they develop some kind of seminar or workshop out of that topic. And then you can go there... uh, to uh, be a part of learning and discovering uh, the best practices in congregational life across the country. Uh, Pastor Harmon said about usually about 2,000 people show up. And uh, it's free to attend. All you got to do is provide transportation. And it is a, a conference there in Phoenix that I don't know the name of the congregation. It is it, really in Phoenix, yes. Yeah, in Phoenix. Yeah, they're in, yeah, no, they're in Phoenix. Yes, I'm sorry. Wow, my jokes are very dry. But that's not <laughs> Hi, Kevin. Good morning. Morning. Um, let's see. Try to find a partner person. That's good. Okay, good. Um, at any rate, that's where they are. And, and he'll be back. I think they come back maybe Friday or Saturday. Um, but uh, I, I've attended those kinds of things and you know, just get filled up with lots of good stuff. It's good for the staff to be together and do things like that. So that's where they are. So I have an hour together with you. I'm so excited because uh, you should hear how Pastor Har- Harvin uh, raves about you guys. <laughs> I've been coming to the evening class. And uh, we, we're about... Uh, Ah, maybe a third in size, you know, uh, as this group. And um, he is so, uh, your presence has blessed him, blesses me now. So I'm also excited because, um, but yeah, I am anxious because of just the way things happen when I step into a situation like this. What are we going, what's going to happen? What's going to unfold? But then I think... I think, wow, I get all of these people to learn from uh, during this hour coming up. And that shifts my anxiety into anticipation. And I guess I didn't plan it this way, but if I was going to summarize this Bible study time together, it would be that, learning how to shift from anxiety to anticipation um, in our life together. So let me... Let me um, let me ask you, uh, as we begin, let's see, what else do I want? Oh, announcements first, finishing. You, you should have this, which is a calendar, a date of 
um, the Bible studies that are going to be happening at this time during Lent. You probably heard about that last week. And um, as I understand it, because of uh, your size collectively, <clears throat> this will probably be moved into the fellowship hall. Okay, so that uh, uh, everybody can have the comfortable room that is needed. Um, so I'd like to I'd like to put the last thing first today, and that is the prayer with prayer requests. And I'd like to open up with prayer. So if uh, any of you have any particular any prayer requests, people to remember, uh, yes. Uh, the family of a 12-year-old boy, Damien. Da- Damien? Damien. He was a friend of our grandson, and he committed suicide. Oh. Uh, <coughs> so his family and classmates and friends are uh, having a tough time. Thank you. Okay. I pray for Ed Wilmer. Ed is, tell us, is he in the hospital? Yeah? He got released yesterday. Actually, he's back uh, in the nursing home today, I think. Oh, he is. I think he was discharged yesterday. Okay. Okay. But he needs prayer. All right. Al Friedrich. Oh, Al Friedrich. Where is Alfred? I went to see him Monday. He's home. He's home. home. His son has died. Um, Family's in need. Also not sure. I guess the son's wife is Buddhist. And there's some question about um, whatever ceremony, funeral, uh, may happen. Ken, did you have your hand? I was going to mention Al. Oh, Al. Okay. All right. Okay, let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit to bring us together, to gather us under the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your hand that reaches to rescue, to heal, to lead, to hold, and to strengthen, especially those uh, among the family and friends of Damien. We pray, Lord, for a reassurance of your mercy in every direction, um, and that you would have your arms wide open to welcome him uh, by your side and uh, release him from his uh, bondages that he's evidently been living with. We pray, Father, for the healing of Ed Wilner. Make him whole, Lord. Give him encouragement and peace. <clears throat> Comfort him to know that he belongs to you and that you are near. We pray for Al uh, and for all of his family who are, well, at least they've been going through this, this long valley of dark uh, dealing with, with death. Uh, So in the midst of that valley, Lord, continue to shine the light of a resurrected Jesus and lift Al where he is uh, longing for your help, needing your presence uh, with his family in his own heart. Um, Do the raising, Lord, that only you can do out of the grip of death for new life and hope and your peace to prevail. Bless us together here. Bless all of the staff in Phoenix and all those who gather. Pour out your Holy Spirit in 
here and there uh, for faith to grow, for your word to come alive, and um, to uh, fill us with a, a, a renewed portion of joy for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. So there, there's a, kind of a, a big... Uh, well, the paper that you have is... Um, it's a little handout with uh, something that would be a guideline for where I hope you might be going, questions to toss around together. Um, and But a bigger outline is, uh, for this time, for me, is to uh, ask three questions. One is, why? And one is, what? And one is, so what? Um, that's how I guess I approach Scripture. So, for example, why do we have Philippians? Period. I mean, why do we have this letter, um, uh, a portion of which we're going to read and study and, and digest better together? So, that's a that's a way of me throwing out the question uh, to you to recall. I, I'm assuming that most of you've been here more than just today, but so we've been doing this together over a number of weeks. If somebody comes up and asks you. Uh, What's the big deal about Philippians? What's the first thing that pops into your mind? Joy. Joy. Peace. Peace. Reassurance. Reassurance. Guidance. Guidance. Excuse me? Striving. Striving. Church that needed to get back on track. A church that needed to get back on track. Yeah. Treasure. Of another letter. The treasure. Another letter of Paul. Which is a treasure. That is a treasure um, for what is in the letter. Right. Yeah, okay. Anything else? His outreach still amazes me. His outreach. When you say that... uh, How many letters? Oh, oh, the letters. Okay, so he's, he's pastoring a lot just from behind bars or, you know, in the prison context. Uh, still keeping in touch, yeah. His focus, and he just he stays focused on Jesus. All in spite of everything, he stays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his wow. focus. Yeah, okay. Yeah, clear, uh, undeniable, unwavering focus on Jesus. I think of uh, particularly as I uh, one of the stories that I uh, thought of when um, I was preparing for today was, um, you know, there's a fair amount about. Philippians in the book of Acts. And in the 16th chapter particularly, there's this one story that I, I wish I could have been a, a fly on the wall. When, you know, there was a Paul and Silas were on, I think, well, whatever missionary journey, maybe the third one or so. Um, and they went to, came to Philippi uh, at the urging of the Holy Spirit. And um, while Paul was preaching and stuff, there was this slave uh, girl uh, who was... Um, prophesying things that were not on target with God. Let's put it that way. She was being guided by a demonic kind of spirit. And so she became an irritation to Paul. Paul says, oh, demon, get out of her, okay? And demon goes, boom, she's set free. Problem is that she's no longer a valuable resource for her owner to, you know, here's your fortune, here's, you know, to give false prophecies and to, like a fortune teller kind of person. 
So the owner then gets all uptight about Paul and Silas and goes to the authorities. Anyway, Paul and Silas find themselves in prison just because they're doing this kind of ministry. This thing happened. And there they are at the prison in, in Philippi. And uh, in the middle of the night, you've got the jailer, all the other prisoners. And Paul and Silas are just having a revival. They're just praising the Lord, singing songs, having a wonderful time here. And, you know, Paul could write a book about prisons, probably. <laughs> he had all kinds of different experiences there. Prisons and shipwrecks. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, lo and behold, earthquake happens. Shackles come off of all the prisoners, everybody, and they just keep on praising the Lord, praising the Lord. And the jailer is beside himself because if, the, if his boss comes and finds this out, he'll be dead. And he's very upset. At, um, you know the story. Basically what happens is through what Paul and Silas and others this experience, the jailer and his whole household come to faith in Jesus Christ. You know, uh, listening to that, um, Paul is rejoicing in the midst of not the best circumstances, which is a, a bridge into, uh, of course, uh, Philippians, uh, the letter. And um, uh, for 14 times, for example, in this letter, uh, joy or rejoicing is mentioned. This is a, a key thread that Paul has as he writes to the Philippians. Um, uh, uh, an expression of what he hopes for them because he loves them. It is an endearing letter, an expression of love in all kinds of different ways. And um, uh, another key phrase is the gospel. Uh, the gospel that is Jesus, uh, that Paul has a clear laser beam focus upon. Nine times in Philippians, uh, the gospel is mentioned. And that I don't know how many times, but it's over and over again. In the Lord, <clears throat> we really should not go away from Philippians without uh, sharing. What does it mean to be in the Lord? Let's try to flesh it out, fill it up, uh, that concept. When he says, in the Lord, say it in different words. What do you think? To be in the Lord is peace. Peace, okay. Filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. To, to be with God in relationship to God. With Pardon? With joy. With joy. Okay. John? To be walking in accordance with His will, which is a great blessing and hard to come by, but that in the Lord is not with you, but you're on course. You're on course. You're in the will. We don't always get that, but when we do, I mean, that's, that's a big thing. Right. Right. It's, wouldn't it also be knowing that wherever I'm wandering, though, Jesus is with me? Yeah. Right, so in the Lord is like together, as we, as we make our way through life. Okay, that's all. That's all really good. Um, there's another. There's another uh, phrase that we'll hear today, and that is standing firm. Standing firm. Uh, my hope is built on nothing less. Da -da -da -da. We sang Sunday. Mm -hmm. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Other ground is sinking sand. See that guy out in Zion National Park this past week on the news? He, he and his girlfriend were out hiking, went off the trail. She went ahead of him, got in trouble on the trail. He goes after to rescue her and ends up stuck in, sink, in sinking 
quicksand, mud, and he's, he can't. He has to be rescued. He's kind of really, uh, you know, he was rescued. They were rescued. Anyway, that's a side trip. Um, uh, but to stand firm, remaining with Jesus, knowing He remains with us in His Word, in His will, is very important to Paul for those that he loves there everywhere, but particularly now in in uh, the church at Philippi. And that's uh, north of Greece, in that peninsula, that large place called we call Macedonia. So let's look at what Paul says. Chapter 4, 1 to 9, that's what we're going to look at. This is the last chapter of 4, uh, that is, of this letter. So... Um, Paul has greeted us, uh, them, he has expressed love to them, he has expressed uh, theological issues, relationship issues, and he wants to close out his letter with encouragement, exhortation, direction, and he, it's like, how many of you maybe sent your kid off to college? You know, you, you pack everything into them as you possibly can, and they leave the door, and you have to walk. Maybe it's first grade or kindergarten, too. I don't know. <laughs> you want the best for them because you want them to, to succeed. You want them to make it and uh, hopefully not fall on their face too much, uh, the natural inclination. That's what Paul's trying to get at. Now we can see that in uh, the beginning of chapter 4. Of course, he finishes that way as well. So, would someone like to read those nine verses, please? Anybody? Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with Eudoia. Euodia. 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 Thank you. And I put. Oh, why did I? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I didn't do it. No wonder everyone was quiet. Well, why don't you just use Mary Lou? That's okay. How should we say it? Syndicate. Syndicate to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, fellow yoke fellow, loyal fellow. Now I'm all loyal yoke fellow to help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord, Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Thank you. Very well. (laughs) 
So whenever we see in Scripture the word therefore, we need to really pause and figure out why it's therefore, or what it's therefore, right? So what precedes it and what follows it? It's like a bridge. And there's a lot that precedes it. Actually, uh, uh, what he, he echoes a lot in these verses of chapter 4, what has already been uh, touched on uh, so much in the first three chapters but uh, in particular, looking at 3.17 and following, um, he's, he's giving some warning to the uh, Philippians about how they understand and how they're living out this good news about the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And the, uh, the, uh, the freedom that they are realizing from legal, legaliz- legalism. Of course, there are some folks who are advocating, you know, a mutilation of the flesh, you know, the, the circumcision group uh, among them or from the outside trying to influence them. But then there are also folks who are looking to just eat, drink, and be merry because the grace of God is given to us. So let's go have a good time. And that's, that's what he's talking about when in verse 19... Uh, theirs is their end is destruction. Their God is the belly. Their glory is in their shame. Their minds are on earthly things. So <clears throat> why not have a good time? Forget the will of God or what God might be interested in. And and Paul is uh, quite sensitive to this. You can remember perhaps um, this verse from uh, the sixth chapter of of Romans. What then shall we say? Should we continue to sin? In order that grace may abound. Okay. Let it never be so. Pardon? Let it never be so. Let it never be so. By no means. How can we who died to sin continue to go on living in it? So salvation, Philippians, um, includes deliverance from the power of sin and death. Indeed it does. Um, but it, it, if, if it is taken for granted then that can become a bondage as well. So um, to be set free from the power of sin uh, is to be released to live in the power of our love for God in Jesus Christ. Uh, no longer in bondage to the sin, to sin and death. Set free to love and to be loved and to know that we are loved. So there's a fancy word for that that uh, God-of-the-belly kind of life, and that's called antinomianism, which means, uh, what does it mean anyway? It means something like against, against the law. Against the law, yeah. All right. And speaking okay. against the law, not being against the law. Okay, all right. Um, so let's look at what follows after the therefore. That's a little bit of what precedes it. Um, but you can see what precedes it sets up what he wants to drive home in his last words. Uh, And that would be in verse uh, 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. Uh, He wants them to stand. He wants them to succeed, which means to be faithful. He wants them to know that... He is, or excuse me, they are um, a source of joy for him. Because they are um, 
They are uh, the result of the, the fruit of his labors. They are uh, therefore a witness to God uh, alive in him and them and for the world. And so, you know, this is a, a winning situation. They are his crown. Uh, that would be a garland uh, on the head for victory, right? A kind of a sign of victory as well as affection. Um, so, to stand firm means, folks, we have to really deal with the difficult stuff that's going on still. Especially among two of the women, Euodia and Syntyche. I sound like I know how to pronounce those things. I don't know. <laughs> <Keep going. laughs> one, one thing is that it, it kind of, you know, Philippi was a Roman colony. Eventually the Romans established it as a colony. And um, it seems to reflect somewhat of a, a if not a clearly, uh, an elevated view of women. You know, uh, it's the women that uh, are noted in the way that they're noted in the in the uh, Philippi stories, they are the leaders of the church. Not the only leaders, but they're among the leaders of the church, which, that's a new thing. That is a new thing. Um, And so, but two of these leaders evidently are having some kind of difficulty between each other. Uh, Conflict. Where there is conflict, there needs to be some effort towards resolution. And um, so let's take a look and see what is he advising them, verses 2 uh, through 2 and 3. Take a look and see what is he advising them to do or how to approach their conflict. Be of of the same mind. Be in agreement. In the Lord. Remember? In the Lord. That means Jesus needs to fit into our relationship. And not only fit, but he needs to be shining and governing our relationship. He extends it to Clement and the rest of the church. And to Clement, yes. Another co-worker. And the rest, the whole church. Because with this, this... this had some significance that Paul's taking note of it because it threatens to divide this this brand new congregation. You know, split them off. Anybody been in, involved in a congregational conflict? <laughs> and I, you know, I I grew up <clears throat> I grew up in a parsonage. My dad was a pastor, Lutheran pastor, <clears throat> and I'll tell you. So I eventually, of course, I, I resisted, but I finally. Said, okay, Lord, I'll try this pastor thing. I've been there, done that, seen what it's like, blah, 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 blah. But I never really understood that there's conflict in the church until I got to be a pastor. (laughs) (laughs) And then I saw what bishops and presidents and church leaders do in dedicating so much of their time is to to help uh, attend to the needs for healing and and unity in the church. Anyway, that's a side (coughs) side. Um, there was interesting that he says, I ask you who? Loyal Yotalos. Okay. Those of you who are together, I don't disagree. 
minister to these women who are disagreeing. Yes. Okay, so there's an approach that Paul's recommending for when there's conflict. How about getting some help, guys? A mediator, some other friends, some other relationships. Let's tap into the strength of love uh, in the fellowship of the congregation. Um, and uh, he doesn't go in that heavily except, you know, this is not just between two women. It affects everybody. Right. So it's important to attend to this. And, and elsewhere he points out that conflicts between uh, parishioners should be handled within the church rather than lawsuits conducted in the state. Sure. So. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so I would say one other thing, though, is at the core in, in his understanding about conflict. In verse 6, do not worry about anything. If you are anxious, be aware of that. Anxiety is in the root of conflict. It's not my way, it's not my thinking, I'm not sure where it's going. I don't like this, I'm anxious, I'm elevated, and how I need, I need this to transition into some kind of anticipation rather than uh, be motivated by fear, be motivated by hope. Uh, there is a need. So uh, then he, that's how he starts to proceed for the conflict. And um, so um, uh, I'm just posing a rhetorical question for all of us to carry, even to reflect on as we go through our day, and that is, what am I anxious about? Anything? You know, what am I anxious about? That's a key, I think a key to the success that Paul is wanting the Church of Christ to be living in, which is the peace of God. First of all, be aware that there's an absence, an absence of peace in the full measure that that uh, God has promised to bring it. Because of what we're afraid of, or what we're anxious about, uncertain about, because of that place where we, we need God to strengthen faith that anticipates faithfulness. So, all right, let, let, let's, let's have some fun now. You've got a paper and pencil? You need a paper and pencil? Go to the back side of your handout, if you would. So your paper is blank. Want your paper to be blank. You're going to need some kind of a hard surface. Doesn't have to be real hard. I'm going to ask you to draw something that I'm going to put on the board. Okay? All right. Little artistic. Everybody learns differently, right? This is the artsy side. What is that? Left or male? I don't know what that is. Here we go. All right. So, uh, yes, you're going to be partnering, but. Uh, you don't need to partner just yet. I want you individually to draw this picture, okay? Here we go. So you're going to copy me. It's, you don't have to be creative. Just copy. Here we go. That's how I got through school. All right. <laughs> so we're going to start out with a circle. A circle. Actually, I have to... I already messed up already. Let me try this again. All right. All right. All right. This is going to be... All right, so you do that? Everybody see it? Okay. All right, this is a picture of Paul's face that we're drawing. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're going to give... That's his, that's his brow, okay? And here's his nose. All right. 
Draw. Yeah, draw. Now, draw as I go. All right, we're drawing together. Here we go. All right? Okay, draw draw what I have up here best you can. We'll give out ribbons later. Okay. Um, all right. Now we're going to give him eyes. Those are eye sockets. All right. Now here's. There we go. There we go. All right. Eyes, eyeballs, irises, eyes. Here we go. Now his mouth. Oh, that way. Oh. And here we go. We're going to give him a beard. All right? Let's give him a beard. All right? Okay. Now, um, now think, now think, uh, think with me. If, if you were there and you were listening to Paul, now Paul's uh, a sinner saved. He knows about anxiety. What things might he say he was anxious about? Let's, let's try to um, designate some anxiety in Paul. Kill. Okay. Yes. I think he was somewhat anxious about all the churches out there. Yeah. He was I mean, that's the majority of his letters. Is yeah. Churches. Yeah. He, he didn't want them going down the tubes. Yeah, no. More so about that than... Than being saved. killed himself. Yeah. This was his big... I yeah. think I would agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other anxieties? The welfare of his parishioners. Of his. Okay. The parishioners, like individuals. Can we say his yeah. close friends or some people that he mentions anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Anything else? Other anxieties? <coughs> Who carry one after him if he... Pardon? Who would carry one after him if he were? Okay, yeah. Who would be the fate um, after his passing? Successor. Successor, thank successor. you. That's what I'm trying to. Okay, success. I don't know how to spell that too well. Let's see. All right. That, yes, John. You've been worried about the opposition, the antinomians, the Judaizers, the uh, Romanizers, the people that are opposing him. Enemies of the cross, could we say? Enemies of the cross. All right. All right, that's enemies. Um, let's let's leave it at that, okay? So, um, on a scale of one to ten, ten being most stressful, give Paul a number <clears throat> of his what you think he might uh, exhibit as a person handling anxiety. On a scale of one to ten, was he completely without stress? No. With a one? Did he? Was he a ten? Totally wiped, you know, wiped out? Probably mid scale five. That's even that's safe, isn't it? Well, but you know. All right, write that down on your sheet, if you would. Just give him enough to write it down on your sheet. Okay, now turn your paper upside down. Can I help you? Oh, thank you, Ken. 
I tried to figure out how to do that. <laughs> okay, so now it's time to go to your partner, if you would, please. And um, share with your partner what you think transpires between, because Paul's, well, the second picture, that the upside-down picture, the smiley face picture, that's Paul also. What happened between first face profile and second face profile? What, what, was, what makes the difference between this face and the inverted version of this face? Okay. Talk with your partner for a second, all right? Now what I'd like you to do is this. I'd like you to uh, pick a number for yourself for the stress in your life at this moment, all right? At this moment... Just pick a number that fits for you for your stress level at this moment. Now, yesterday, not tomorrow, but for here and now, write down your number. Here's my number. I think I'd give myself, uh, I don't know what, six. <laughs> I don't know. All right, now share that with your partner, if you would, please. What is that number? Say. What's behind that number? Back up here. Here we go. So it may be for uh, for some of you just very easy to say, oh, I'm stressed out about this, 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 and that. Uh, and maybe for some of the others, hey, I'm retired. What's there to be stressed about? You know? so, that's okay. I'm not trying to manufacture it. I'm just saying it's, it's good to be uh, aware of it because it will happen or it will become more evident. Uh, and so um, there is stress there in Philippi. Um, Paul knows it personally from his own journey, but now he sees it. He wants them to know how to deal with it. Let's look at verse 4 and following and find out what he says. This is how he, this is how he wants them to proceed from anxiety to anticipation. Number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Did you hear it? Oh, that's why. Again, I say rejoice. He made he repeats because he wants to make sure they get that that uh, theme sentence of the paragraph. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. <coughs> the Lord is near. Mm, what difference does that make? And the Lord. He's right there. Wow. Way to go. No antimonialism in here. This is Jesus. But you know that might promote anxiety in some people. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, how? That the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Like, ah! I've been good enough. <laughs> oh. Right. I, I'm going to go one better. He knows all of your thoughts. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Very. So we have. Yes. Exactly. This. Um, essence comes into this story. Who knows? Maybe Paul's thinking as, as a mixture of both judgment as well as relief and freedom. Uh, you know, they both work towards uh, turning to God, towards God. You know, we need to repent <laughs> before we. Uh, can receive the full measure of God's grace. Okay, so, do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, Tom. You skipped that one 
phrase there in verse 3, their names are written in the book of life. What is the book of life? I knew somebody was going to ask that. <laughs> I tried to skip through that. Kevin, Kevin has offered an answer. Yes. The Lord does have a book of life, and if your name is written in it, you are elect. <laughs> and we get that in the Old Testament and a little bit in the New Testament right here. Chapter 3. I know I know what the book of life is. I was just posing the question that oh, we might all think just, about. It. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. In, in yes. Revelation, it describes the book of life. Chapter 3, yeah, in Revelation. So that's, is my name written there on that page, bright and fair? Yeah. In the book of God's kingdom, yes, my name's written there. Thank you. And even though they had disagreements, yes. their names are in the book of life. Okay, yeah. The, the promise, you know, when you, when you don't want to be forgotten, you want to make sure you're on the, the list of passengers, you know, you want to you put your name on the list, right? <laughs> So um, that's the kind of reference that's there to be reassuring, to be reassuring forever with God. Ken? I think there's a good prayer lesson there. By prayer and petition, you're addressing your anxiety with thanksgiving. I know if you're worried about something, you pray about something, Step out more for a moment and think about the things that are good that you're thankful for. Yes. Will very much help your. It's hard, it's hard to hang out this way if you're listing your "I'm thankful for" list, right? Um, you could almost say it's 14 times you rejoice. You could almost say number 15 is thankfulness. Right? Yes. Okay. It's yeah. It's an expression of joy to be thankful. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but basically, doesn't uh, Paul really urge them to pray? It's time to pray. This is how you can address that anxiety or that conflict or the uh, the enemies that are harassing you with other theologies and belief ideas. The culture just kind of smothering you. It's time to pray. Now, so my question to you is, um, is he, what is he, he says, and the, and the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Pray. Doesn't make a difference how or what. You can pray for anything. Any little tiny, you know, I got a, I got a pimple on my head. All right. Pray for anything. God will be happy to hear your prayer. So how, my question to you is, how does prayer work. Moving us from anxiety into anticipation. Anxiety, fear, anticipation of God's faithfulness. How does prayer, you're going to, some of you engineers, I know you guys are in here somewhere, gals. Uh, how does it work? First of all, let's, let's understand it. I mean, it does work. To make a connection with the Lord. You're making a connection, okay, yeah. with the Lord. You're plugging in. Plugging in. Relationship is at work. I don't know anything about engineering. Um, But for me, it seems to shift the responsibility from me to him. Oh, I like that. The weight. (laughs) Not on my shoulders. John. As an engineer, I would rephrase her to say, prayer does not work, but Jesus does. Okay. And and if your prayer is to him, 
My example I always give, we're here in this room because Martin Luther prayed, help St. Anne, I will become a monk. And Jesus' answer was, Martin, don't pray to Anne, it embarrasses her, it doesn't work. I'll let you be a monk, I have some other things for you too, I'm going to answer your prayer. And part of it is us in a place he could never imagine, still carrying the gospel. That's an answer to that prayer that was way over, so, totally off base, but Jesus answered his prayer with great power because he works. Yeah, so what I hear you echoing, Kent, which is the relationship, who are you praying to? What is, with whom is this conversation happening? Okay, which is listening as well as speaking. Right. Very dangerous. Who uh, knows what he'll do? Why is it dangerous? Because he's God and he'll do stuff, and he's anxious about us and people and the gospel, and he loves us, and he will come in here, and if your anxiety is in the way of what he wants to do, it's gone. Or can you lie to God? Mm-hmm. What Kevin said, there's no, no place inside your head that he doesn't... You can't run anywhere, you can't go anywhere, there's no one who knows you better than God, not even yourself. So you can't con God. In we fact, can't. if you knew yourself as well as God knows you, you wouldn't like yourself a whole lot. <laughs> so here we are having this conversation with God about, um, about uh, the, the stuff that's weighty, the stuff that maybe is uh, uh, motivated by fear instead of faith, and you know, our anxieties, um, conflict, whatever it is. Um, and we're, we're having this conversation with with God, it it becomes more dif- more and more difficult to give thanks and be afraid at the same time. In other words, in the context of that kind of prayer intimacy, this is how I believe it works. Space is created. I don't know how this is going to be resolved, Lord, but I'm going to trust that you do. I become aware of God's nature who God is, how he regards me, what he might or might not do. It's all in God's hands. Um, And I find myself dwelling less on me and my anxiety and more on God and God's desires and abilities and intentions for me, which is death versus life. Right? And so if you are reassured of the reality of a living God who loves you and loves me and loves this world, his creation, if we are reassured, then what are we left with? What, what remains? Thank you, Lord, at the end. Amen. Somebody Peace. say. Peace. 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 So we have... You know, through prayer, we have allowed, we have welcomed God, maybe cried out uh, in agony for God's help, but we have welcomed God into our life place, our anxiety stuff, and it asked and invited Him, welcomed Him to deal with it, to grow larger so it might grow smaller. Our faith to be growing up, being filled with the Spirit more. So there's no, there's no, Room, there's not as much room or no room for uh, that which will separate me from the kind of life God wants to have with me.
Yes. And I have found that Philippians 4 8 is uh, an, uh, the anecdote or the antidote to negative thinking. Yes. You know, before you, I would go to work in the morning, it's like I, I have that right there where I get ready in the morning. Yes. And because, you know, I didn't just tell them you don't have a whole lot of things to feel negative about, but you can go out in the world or listen to the news or whatever, you can feel negative, but. Just come back to whatever spirit might be lovely and admirable and excellent, praiseworthy. It gets your mind shifted back from the negative. Yes. What's your first name? Sue. Sue. Sue is uh, um, saying, you know, what you have your mind focused on makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Paul says, think on these things. Mm-hmm. To the women, he says, have the same mind, or the church, have the same mind among yourself. Paul uh, Paul advances the the reality of what we think makes a difference to how we feel and then how we live. Okay, it begins with the head. Um, uh, remember, um, I cannot forget where is this? Now? Oh, Romans twelve, uh, and and Paul talks about this as transformation. The change that we need between our anxiety and our anticipation is a transformational uh, kind of thing that surpasses our understanding. That God will guard and draw us back to all the time. And Paul says in Romans 12.1, Therefore I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. So what you and I think is important. What we allow in here is it peace or no peace. Gordon? You mentioned Romans. I go back to Romans verses 9 through 11. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, raised from the dead. You will be saved. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yes. What that's better that's truth that's could you have? Yeah, that's Romans. For your mind. Very easy to understand. Always trans transforming us. Okay, so we have yes, one more. Ken. I talked in too much, but no. when you talk about prayer, the other element that we I'm not good at is stopping you meditate. Okay. Sometimes God takes the problem you're worried about yeah. and you meditate. He will, he will guide you to realize you're not even worrying about the right thing. Yeah. Forget that. Yeah. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> Instead of where the altar ought to be, four or five yeah. feet to the... The color of the property. Let's talk about what we're doing at the altar. You know. Yes. He would direct us. Do you know that even in public school, there is a new, I think it's a new awareness of mindfulness. Young children who are, I don't know, in need. I don't know where this happens. I've just heard about it, read about it. um, Are learning how to have mindfulness. Okay, That would be to meditate. Yeah. It'd be to get quiet yeah. in the midst of a turbulent uh, electronic world. You know, that's a practice that's helping stress. Um, 
And of course, it, in the school, it's not going to be uh, steered towards uh, such a specific um, stress reliever as Jesus. <laughs> but nevertheless, the meditation, just getting quiet, is a way for us to um, welcome in the, the truth that changes. And, uh, and, and we are, I think for all of our lives, we are uh, called to just keep practicing and practicing because it's always um, a way for us to embrace. Linda. I can remember in grade school, uh, you were required for a period of time to lay your head down on your desk. And it was silent. Yeah. I could never figure that out. The teacher needed the break. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I'm going to suggest one more. Yes, Sue. Well, what I keep thinking, too, is what you let in your mind, you leave it there, it's going to go to your heart. And there are all these references to out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. So what comes out of your mouth a lot of times is mirroring what you're, well, I mean, it's what you're thinking. Yeah. So don't let it, Mm, don't let it stay here. It'll go there and it'll come out here. You've been talking to my wife? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's true. I mean, I'm not aware that I'm stressed until she lets me know what I have said to her. Oh, so, well, it happens. It's, um, so it's there. Uh, but prayer. So uh, moving now just one more step into the so what uh, for this time together. But I'd like you to do... Oh, see? Uh, it works, Kevin. How about that? My little time, time reserved for this part. Um, I would like you to link up with your partner. And um, identify and, and share what your stress number is, and that is is it eight six two whatever it is, and share with your partner one thing in your life that is a source of stress or anxiety. Okay, and then uh, would you please pray for me with this stress? I would like you to pray for each other. Partner, partner. Now, if that is too much and you feel like you really don't feel comfortable doing that, um, then just do it quietly. But share what the stressors are and then just pray for each other. That's how we're going to end our class. Okay? Take time, pray for each other about that stress um, in the other person. Join your hands. (laughs) Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.